Welcome to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people become fully devoted followers of Christ through intentionally serving, giving, and caring for our neighbor. We bring you Christ-centered messages from our pastors each Sunday, as well as engaging discussions relevant to your life. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfortable, and join us as we strive to grow as followers of Christ and make a positive impact in our community. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Mike, and so excited to be in front of you today. This is my first time on the floor since we started doing the floor thing. This is exciting. Somebody take a picture for me. <laughs> uh, this is, this is going to be a morning of prayer, a morning of repenting. Um, we're going to be looking at John the Baptist and, and making straight our past, clearing our past. Um, it's, I think it's a great conversation. I know the Holy Spirit is going to be in this conversation. Um, had it with uh, students over the last month, and it just keeps getting better. <laughs> I just love it. Um, so we need to prepare the way. We're going into the prayer and fasting season of LifePoint like we traditionally do. And if we're going to be doing that, if we're really going to try to draw near to God, we need to get those obstacles out of the way so something can actually happen there. Because if we're stuck in those sins, if we're stuck in those, those hang-ups, if we're not giving him our full attention, is anything really going to happen in those prayers? Is it, are you going to be spoken to in the fasting? Probably not. There'll be a conversation of, hey, what about these things? You want to get these things straight over here? But the, the things you're searching out, there's, there's going to be a little uh, a wall put up there until you, we correct the errors of our ways. So we can get away from that sin and get focused on God and get our hearts truly focused on God. I, the rain is just beautiful. That is so relaxing. If there's some chickens here too that I could just watch peck on the ground, I'd be at total peace in this moment. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord, for rain. Um, our relationship with God is that. It's a relationship. And to build on relationships, you have to have open communications with relationships. You have to be uh, focused on that other person, right? You have to draw near that to that other person. I had the, uh, I've had a great Christmas season. These last two weeks have just been outrageously awesome, all with God in the midst of every single piece of that. Um, just conversations. We'll talk about some of those conversations. Conversations with my sons-in-laws. I have four daughters, so I have. Uh, then they're all four married, I should say that first. And so therefore, I have four sons-in-laws. I, I'm going to call them sons for the rest of the day because that's what they are to me. I love them to death. They married my daughters. They're part of my family. They are my sons. Um, so I had some great conversations with them. Um, there's, God's been working in, in people's lives here throughout these last couple of weeks. There's been physical issues. There, there's been emotional issues. There's been all kinds of various issues that God has been within your lives. And us as pastors, we, we get to hear about these things. We get to talk with you. We get to know about it. So we get to see God in action throughout our community. And these last two weeks, it's just been outrageous. Outrageous how much he's working in each and every person's life. Amen. Exactly. It's been glorious. So working on relationships, I have, have the opportunity to, to uh, just sit down and have coffee and talk with two of my sons, sons over the one before Christmas, one after Christmas. And it was just a great time of growing in our relationship. Because I know my daughters really well. I've known them since birth, right? And with the exception of one son-in-law, which is really crazy, I haven't known the other ones since birth. 
Matthew Reed, I've known him since literally he was born and he's, he's married to my daughter. <laughs> it's really kind of weird and freaky sometimes, but it's awesome as well. Um, but these other three, I don't know that well. I've, I've gotten to know them, but I, there's a lot of life. I don't know it, of their, their past life and such and what, exactly what's in their hearts and things. So able to sit down with them, um, just talking as godly men, uh, talking about their, their hopes, their dreams, their focus uh, at this time and such. Um, being a, a godly father, a godly provider, a godly husband, that kind of thing. And I wouldn't be able to feed into them and, and give, try to feed in God's truth into their lives. Stop it, microphone. Um, unless I was building up that relationship with them. If there was something between us, if I had upset them greatly, um, if they have upset me greatly, we wouldn't be able to sit down and talk and grow closer. That, that just couldn't happen because you'd have that issue and you'd have to clear and rectify that issue, heal that issue before any growth in the relationship could happen. And the same thing happens with us and Jesus, our relationship with God. Realize in that situation, it's always our fault. <laughs> it's always our fault. He is a perfect, loving, gracious, awesome God that we just sang about. By the way, worship was awesome this morning, was it not? <laughs> I was, during uh, tithing, I was still drying my eyes from tears of joy from just a glorious worship time. Man, that was nice. So you have to put time and effort into relationships. Time and effort. It has to be constant. It has to be growing. You have to continuously be working on it. And as Christians, our first and foremost relationship should be with our God, with Jesus Christ. Right? Yes. But how often do we allow that to happen? We're kind of bad at it. Even if we're really strong in our walk, we can be kind of bad at it. So I have, I have things that get into my way, that, that obstacles within my path that I have to worry about and I have to focus on. Um, it's kind of changed a little bit over time. Speaking of which, time was one of the big ones because I was working full-time, and then I was doing ministry on the side, and a, and a husband, and a father of four, and so finding that time to focus on God was a little bit difficult. I eventually matured, and I was growing, and I was able to do that, and I was able to allow that time to come into my life, but then, then things changed. Then I started full-time at LifePoint, and so I had that time, and so now my issue is the focus, the focus on Monday mornings, we come in here and we pray for an hour as pastors. And I'm normally back there in that chair there, kneeling or sitting my face on the chair and praying to God. And I have such a hard issue with that focus situation. I'll be sitting there, I pray, I'll pray for like 30 seconds and I'll be really strong and really fervent in that prayer. And then I'll go, well, that Bible's out of place. <laughs> <laughs> There's garbage on the floor over there. There's this, that. The chairs are out of line. This, I'll look at the ceiling saying, I'm just staring into the darkness. Hey, that light, those rings are really cool. I will find anything to distract me while I'm trying to pray. It is so hard for me. I close my eyes and my mind will just wander off into other areas. So, so that's my issue. That's my hang-up with uh, continuing, continuously being close to God. So what is yours? Because a lot of times it's our sins. It's our addictions, whether those are bad addictions or in, in it in itself is good, but you spend too much time with it, you gotta have it, more than you gotta have God. 
So it could be the alcoholism, it could be playing games, it could be hunting, it could be work. A lot of us guys, I know, I've known women as well, but a lot of us guys have that nasty habit of we got to put everything into work and we forget about the relationship with the wife, we forget about the relationship with the kids, and obviously we forget about the relationship with our God. There's, there's other good things that we put in our way. I'm going to do it. I'm going to call out the false God of children's sports. <laughs> I know, I got, Blake is, Blake is over here and Paladin is awesome. They're on Saturdays. <laughs> but it's been the last 30 years just that explosion of the kids have to be in sports and we have to get them to every sport, right? They have to be at all the practices. They have to be at all the games, all the tournaments. Uh, when basketball done, is done, there's football, there's baseball, there's swimming, there's track, uh, there's dance, there's, you know, whatever. And these things aren't bad in themselves because they help build character, helps build up teamwork. It, it gives them some strong, good values. But America definitely has made that a false god. And it's more important to take them to that game than it is to take them to church. Whether that's in the building or in your home. And so we're going to be turning into Matthew 3 with John the Baptist. And he's going to be talking about making straight our path. And can I say, if we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we have a straight path. We have Jesus. We have eternity through him. We have accepted the fact that we are sinful. Oh, me and microphones never get along. We have accepted the fact that we are sinful. We need to be saved from our sins because we know the penalty of sin is death. We know that God came down as Jesus to die on that cross and he rose again. So we've got that straight path to Jesus for eternity. We've got that communication opened up straight to him. We've got the Holy Spirit inside of us translating back and forth between us and God. So our problem is clearing our path or getting ourselves back on that path because we've wandered over here saying, hey, this is a great little trail I can take down in my life. I can pretend I'm God for a moment and do that. We need to clear our path. So before we open up, I said this is a morning of, of prayer and repentance. Let's pray before we uh, start reading God's word. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this day, and I thank you so much for this year and just these last couple of weeks, Lord. Thank you for being the awesome, loving God that you are, for the, being in every one of our lives, Lord, for all the changes, all the healings, uh, all the hugs from the heartaches and, and just the heartburns that are, go on in a, in a life, in a time of a person. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you. May you be with us in your word. May you help open up our hearts, Lord Jesus. May we, today, may we just throw everything at your feet, God. May we get all the stumbling blocks, roadblocks, uh, everything just out of the way. Give it to you and focus our heart and our mind upon you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Is this better? <laughs> amen, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> all right, so we're in Matthew Chapter 3, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. 
A voice of one calling in the wilderness. I want to stop right there for a second. The wilderness, yes, he's out in the wilderness of Judea. But it's also symbolism of the heart of Israel. Dry. Nothing's growing there. It's inept. Is our hearts the same as the Israelites in Israel at that 2,000 years ago? Are we there? Are we dry? Are we a wilderness in our hearts? Something to think about, to contemplate. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. I want to stop there again, too. We are Americans. We like the niceties of life. We want to have everything new, the latest electronics, the best cars, nice houses, clothes, you know, whatever, right? We want it. John the Baptist, a Nazarite, he didn't care about the things of this world. He cared about God. His heart was completely focused on God. The things he would do in his day were to serve his God. Do we have that heart? Can we get that heart? Can we place down our, our things of this world and give them over to God? Because we can have nice vehicles. It's not like a sin to have a nice vehicle. It depends on your heart towards that vehicle, right? Are you using that vehicle to further ministry? Are you using that, that further ministry, by the way, can be your family. That should be your first and foremost ministry, right? Raising up your kids to know him and serve him and live in his ways. Our house, we have this great big house. When, it, when um, I was out here for about three years is when those two-story houses at, let me see if I get this right, Chandler Heights in Hawes, I think it is, and they're just huge houses. They're like two houses in one. And I had just come back from a mission trip, and I was working for the cable company back there, and I'm, I'm in those homes and going, oh my gosh, we Americans. I just came from, from a place where 20 people are living in an enclosed hut to a family of two or three or four <laughs> living in these monstrous houses. What are we doing with all this space, right? Are we using it for the Lord? You can have a great, huge house. That's not a sin. But did we put it before God, right? John the Baptist, he's wearing camel hair, a leather belt, eating bugs. He doesn't care. Verse 5. <laughs> Thank you for that laugh. I feel like I'm back with the kids. <laughs> People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now it changes. Now he's going to speak to people that might be us in the audience today, the Pharisees and Sadducees. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming in where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. That word just keeps popping up, doesn't it? Repent, repent, repent. And do you think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, and they're throwing out religion. It's genealogy, yes, but really, for our purposes in this day and age, they're throwing out religion. I go to church on Sundays. I have a Bible study that I'm a part of. Do I live for God outside of that? Well, no, but I do those things on a regular basis. I'm very religious at those things. God doesn't care about that unless our heart is in it. 
If our heart's in it, he will bless it. He will love it. It will be joy to him. But otherwise, it's just garbage. It's dirty rags. It burns in the fire. It is useless. Verse 9, And do you think you can save yourself? Did I already read this? We have Abraham, our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. What's kind of funny is Jesus also states, these stones will cry out to me if the people will not, right? <laughs> I, I was starting to think over this week. I wonder if John the Baptist ever said, you know, uh, Jesus, um, I kind of said it first, both with the Pharisees, Sadducees, and, and with the stones. And I, I said it first. You get all the glory, which you deserve, because he's, he's John the Baptist. So he wouldn't want the glory. <laughs> but I think that's really cool. Axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the thrown into the fire. Are we good fruit? This should literally scare the hell out of you when you read this verse, right? Am I living for Jesus Christ, or do I even have Him, the Holy Spirit, in me? Because if we've just been religious all of our life and it hasn't penetrated the heart, you. You don't have that salvation. You have a, a strong religion, but you don't have that salvation. Something to think about, huh? Then he finishes off with saying, I baptize you with water for repentance. Repentance again, guess what we're going to be doing soon? But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy, worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which is a blessing, Christians, and fire, which is judgment, if you don't know him. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff. What's chaff? It's an outer covering, right? It's useless, and it just gets thrown away. It gets burned up. Um, do we have chaff around us? Take the symbolism. This picture is of you. Are you covered in chaff? Is it just a covering as you come into church of, look at me, I'm dressed in my 90s Christian garb. That's me this morning. <laughs> I laughed at myself as I put on the clothes this morning. Uh, but are we that? Is it just a facade? Are we whitewashed tombs? Are we just chaff? Are we the Lord's church? Are we his church? So now I want to move in to 1 John 1, 5 through 10. And it's still raining beautifully. These are some more verses that cut through the heart. Are we really followers of Jesus Christ? Are we our own little gods? This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, if we repent, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. John just punched us in the face, huh? <laughs> if we don't think we're sinful, we are lying to ourselves. That's what we're doing. Do we sit in the darkness and pretend we're in the light? Think about that, what John just said to us. Do we hang out here in the darkness and we really enjoy it and we don't want to be in the light? If that's tru truly our heart, then I would say that we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now, we can be in darkness and we need help to get into the light through the Lord, through the church and such. But we should have that desire, that deep down desire within us that says, I want to get back to the light. I just don't know if I can. I'm kind of like stuck here in the dark. I can't do it on my own. But if you're sitting there in the darkness and you don't want to get out of the darkness and the light is appalling to you, I would have to say you don't know Jesus as your Savior. And, and that's a scary place to be. So now we're going to move into more prayer and repentance within the service today. And please do this at home too if you're watching this online. Take this time. Forget about what's going on within the house, within the kids, within the spouse. But just between you and your God, and for those of you with your kids in here today, this is an awesome time to be an example of the godly man, the godly woman within your home, teaching your kids on what we should do on a regular basis. Take this time to go to your Lord and repent before him. What is that stumbling block in your path that you need out of your way? What is it that God needs to reveal to you that is sin? Because I've noticed, and I was told this by great godly men in the past, uh, it, the more you mature in your walk with the Lord, the more you realize you sin so often. So many opportunities for us to sin, and we fall into it all throughout our days. So if you're thinking, you know, I just prayed earlier today in, in the worship time, and I think I got everything straight with God, take this opportunity to ask God to reveal what needs to be taken away from you in your life, what needs to be healed within your heart. So take this, we'll take some time, go to your Lord, repent before him, just throw everything at his feet. And I want to mention when there's action, when, when there's verbalizing these situations with God, he sees that, he hears that, he's drawn closer to that. So if you desire to come up to, to the front and pray or jump down on your seat and, and, and talk to God, he will see that. When you speak out loud, it seems to 
be a stronger conversation with the Lord. Yes, he hears us when we say it in our mind, unlike Satan. But when you verbalize it, when it gets speaks, when it's spoken out of your mouth, there's something in that that's a powerful step closer to your Savior. So I encourage you to do that as well. So as we go through our days, we can never stop repenting enough. I'm going to give you five practical ways of, of keeping that path cleared with Christ. So you can continue to strengthen your walk in him and with him. And the very first one, of course, is repentance. Repent, repent, repent. I know as I go through my day, um, if I catch myself in whatever sin I'm doing at that moment, I'll stop right there and say, forgive me, God, that was wrong. I apologize. Please 
Please forgive me. As I go through my day, normally when I'm laying in bed, I think about my day and go, oh my gosh, did I really do that? And I repent then. Then I wake up in the morning and go, yeah, I better repent some more. <laughs> Those thoughts as I was laying in bed. Please forgive me of that, Lord. But as you go through your day, if you want to have that strong, close relationship with Christ, continued repentance throughout your day. And the continued prayer throughout your day, communication with him. It will never, it'll never do you wrong. And as you do it more, it, it'll become more and more natural and desirable. So continued repentance. And of course, you need a great support group. <laughs> you need the church around you. Because if you're out there trying to battle uh, Satan and his demons in your, your own sinful nature, you're going to lose and you're going to lose hard. And you're going to need assistance. As I talked before, if you're stuck in the light and you're thinking, I want to be in the light, but I just can't get there on my own. If you're in community with the church, those brothers in Christ, those sisters in Christ will come to you and help you in those situations. And we see it. Stinking men's Monday group. It comes up in everything. <laughs> it's been a great thing for our church of the men just building off of a men's retreat and men sharpening men and just doing a great job of holding each other accountable and building each other up in Christ. The women have that too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you need to personally put yourself out there within the church to have that community. Because otherwise, you're going to get destroyed in this world. Because the world is not for you. You got to have number three. You got to have God's word on your heart. You got to have it on your heart. If you, you're new to your relationship with Jesus, you don't know the Bible that well, that's absolutely okay. But have your Bible. Desire to read it. Take time within your day as you're making your day more about Him and less about you. Make sure the Bible is included in that. Because the what did Jesus use against the devil? God's word. Do you think you're going to do any better without it? <laughs> nope. We've got to know God's word. Pastor Nathan last week stated, um, you got to know the scriptures. So he's ahead of me. As he said that, I went, hey. <laughs> Fourth one. Constant communication with your Lord. And if you're constantly in repentance... That, re that communication is going to con constantly be there. Oh, that word just got really hard for me. <laughs> you got to continue to com communicate with your Lord. When I finally figured this out, it made my days so blessed. Again, working for the cable company, I would pray throughout my day, just quick little conversations with God. He would return conversations throughout the day, and i go, I caught that. I saw that. But man, did that bring joy into my life. Man, did that draw me closer to him? Because I was going through my day with my Lord by my side. Constant communication. And of course, this is all wrapped up in humility. We can't do any of this if we're prideful, right? I mean, you're always going to have that pride in there. Trust me, we are prideful little critters. But we have to be humble to go to him. We have to be humble to repent. We have to be humble to ask a brother or sister in Christ to help us out in a time of need. Humility is key. And then you just got to keep recycling that circle, right? Repentance, communication, 
Church brothers and sisters helping you out, communicating with the Lord. So, if we continue, this church, I should say it this way, this church has been known for the congregation to be great theologians, knowing their Bible really, really well. But if that's not, that knowledge isn't connected to the heart, it's useless. You're just an encyclopedia. Anyone know what an encyclopedia is anymore? <laughs> You're just this large book with a lot of facts within it, with a hard cover. Nothing soft and desirable there, right? But if the heart's connected to that knowledge, you can do great wonders, great works in the name of the Lord. But again, without it, it's nothing. So in an encouragement through your day, I'm going to leave you with Isaiah 61.10. Isaiah 61.10, if you're pulling that up your Bible there. We don't have a slide on this one. And this is one I'd highlight, underline, whether you got the uh, Bible app or a physical Bible. It says this, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Doesn't that just bring joy into you as you read that? Salvation and righteousness in him. Every time, I've read it like 50,000 times over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and each time, it's just as good. It just lightens me up, puts sparkle in my eyes. And then it goes on to talk about the bride and the groom, right? And just the beauty within that, when you, when you come to a wedding and you see the, the groom and the bride, she's got the pretty dress, he's in his tuxedo, they're all looking really good and dapper, and the hair is all in, night, in a nice place, and everything just looks good. And you're so happy and excited for their marriage and for their life, and what's, what's ahead of them. And just that joy that's in that. It's the symbolism of the joy we have with the righteousness and the salvation in Christ. Can you picture that? Can you feel that? So as you go through your days, keep Isaiah 61.10 on the forefront of your mind. Put it on your dashboard, on your workspace at work, a refrigerator at home, mirror at home as you wake up in the morning, whatever it needs to be. So you remember whose you are and what he has done for you and the love, the ultimate love he has for you. And with that, we're going to move into communion. Just a morning filled with just glory and awe and joy as you move into communion, as we just read Isaiah 61.10. He did this for us so we could have that. He was beaten and bloodied and killed so we could have salvation and righteousness. What a wonderful, beautiful God that is.
fingers were struggling there. Please forgive me. And on that night, before he was taken, for those things that happened to him, he takes out the bread with his disciples, breaks it off. He says, this is my body broken for you. And God, we just, as we look at the bread, we just thank you. Thank you for what you did for us, Lord Jesus. Giving yourself in the way that you did, Lord. As our God, as our creator, our maker, you came down and went through this torment with your body for us. Thank you, Jesus. So he said, take the bread, take and eat. And then he takes the wine and states this is his blood that he shed for each and every one of us. And I know we've prayed and, prayed and repented many times, but just take a moment, just staring at that, that juice that represents his blood and let that sink in what your Lord did for you. Lord, we thank you for the blood. We praise you for the blood. You, you love us so much. May we as your followers just give ourselves completely over to you, Lord Jesus, for we have died to ourselves and we are alive in Christ. And he said, take and drink. So church, you're coming into the new year. Don't let this be a res uh, resolution, by the way, because those always end at the end of the month, if not sooner, right? This is a commitment. This is a covenant with your Lord. As, as I was stating within that, that prayer, we have died to ourselves. Our lives are no longer ours. They are his if we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are the church. We need to live that way. We need to take our, over our community for his kingdom. And if we all have that heart, that mindset, that we are here on this earth to serve him and to please him with all the blessings he has poured upon us, then Copper Basin doesn't have a chance against his light, does it? Santan Valley doesn't have a chance against his light. Let's be the church, shall we? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your love, God. I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for the opportunity to praise and worship you, to worship and celebrate you coming down to earth in this last week. And I pray that we're continuously doing that daily, Lord. God, we just thank you for the blessings you have poured upon us, God. And we pray that we, the church, will rise up and be the, the men and the women that you have created us to be, Lord Jesus. May we go through our communities, through our workplaces, uh, just everywhere we go. May your light shine through us. May you fill us with your words and boldness to speak your truths to those who are around us, whether they're dear to us or we don't even know them, we're bumping into them at the grocery store. Use your church, Lord. Build your kingdom, all for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, church.